Tonight, God's Word comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter 1. We are going to be reading the first nine verses of this chapter, and this evening focusing on verses 6 through 9. First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we continue tonight to look at the letter of First Peter, and once again tonight, taking just a couple of verses, I know that if we continue at this pace, uh, it will take us some time to get through the book, but the first chapter, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, is just so full uh, we're going to take our time, I suspect, after the first chapter, we'll take a little bit larger preaching portions. But tonight, again, just looking at verses 6 through 9. You recall this letter is written to the elect, to those chosen by God. Elect exiles, those chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to the Son of God. And Peter begins this letter by encouraging them. We saw that last time. He begins with words of encouragement because of who God is and what God is doing. He reminds them that they have been born again to a living hope. They have an inheritance that is secure for them in heaven, that inheritance guarded by God himself. And we saw last time how, how Peter wants to get them to see a bit of a bigger picture in their life, that they might see what God is doing as he works his purposes out for them. 
Uh, he continues with that encouragement tonight in verses 6 through 9. And, and it's in verse 6 where he mentions that now they are going through trials. He has not mentioned that previously. I suppose they might have thought, hey, Peter, you're saying all these great things we have. Don't you realize we're going through hard times right now? He does realize. He says in verse 6, In this, this your salvation, you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And he is going to continue his encouragement to them to rejoice even in the midst of those trials. He will acknowledge life can be difficult. And yet even when we go through hard times, our God is still in control and we can take hope and we can have confidence and we can rely upon him. He wants to bring encouragement to the churches. He wants to bring encouragement to our church. Encouragement to rejoice continues as we look at this letter of Peter. Rejoice in spite of trials. Again, he says, you have been grieved by various trials. And I find it so interesting that he doesn't spell out for us what those trials were. They obviously knew the trials they were going through. But Peter doesn't spell that out for us. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, as he, as he records this word for us, doesn't give us the specifics. Because if, if the Holy Spirit had Peter write down, you're going through this specific trial, it'd be easy for us to say, oh sure, God can take care of that, but not my trials. Mine are bigger. The Holy Spirit, in recording this for us, doesn't do that. He reminds us that whatever the trials might be, God, God is there to take us through them. Encouragement for them, encouragement for us. Perhaps I don't know what particular trials you are facing tonight. There may be strains in your relationship at home. A strained relationship between husband and wife. Strained relationship between parent and child. I can assure you, God is able to take care of you in the midst of that trial. Perhaps, perhaps you're struggling with health issues, maybe not known to anyone else. I can assure you, God is there to be with you in the midst of that trial. Perhaps concerns about work or concerns about finances or whatever it might be. Even when you go through various trials, he says, God is there. And, and notice what he says. He says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while you've been grieved. Now for a little while. Again, Peter wants to expand our vision. When we are going through trials, it feels like it's never going to end. It feels like it's going to last forever. Will we ever get through this? How long, O oh Lord, we pray, how long will you forget me forever? And so Peter wants to give them that, that broader perspective. Though now for a little while, you go through various trials. Even if it was the case 
that throughout our entire life for 80 years or 90 years we struggled, if it was our entire life, against the backdrop of eternity, that is but a little while. The joy of knowing Christ, the joy of knowing we have an eternal inheritance waiting for us in heaven that will last forever. Even if in this life, for 70, 80, 90 years, we might go through trial the entire time, it is but a little while compared to the glories of what awaits us. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Peter says there are times when we go through trials so that our faith might be shown to be genuine. It is so easy for us to fool ourselves. When everything's going fine, when we are in good health, when the mortgage is paid, when the Christian school tuition's paid, when our, our jobs are secure and our families are secure, it's easy to be a believer. It's easy to say, yes, I trust in God for all things. But it's when we come through times of trial, times of challenge, we say, do we really believe God is sovereign? When it is our child in the hospital, when it is our child who is wayward, do we really believe? God is sovereign in all things, and we can rejoice and take joy in Him. He says, no, these trials come, so the tested genuineness of your faith may be seen. Trials, trials come our way from God's hand, always to build us up, not tear us down. It is not the desire of our Father to crush us, but rather to build us up and, and, and to help us to see we truly do believe the confession that we make. Our God is in control. He says that, that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. That's a beautiful picture, kids. Do you know how they get pure gold? You take ore, rock, that has gold in it, and you break away the rock, and you put that gold in a really hot, hot furnace. And as that furnace heats up, all the impurities left in the gold will rise to the top, and you can skim those off. And then you heat that up again, and all remaining impurities rise to the top, and you can skim that off. And that's the picture that Peter gives us. That when we are tested in our faith, it is that God might work, work out of us those impurities, those things that still hold us back, that we might have them skimmed off by acknowledging our weakness, by acknowledging our frailty, by confessing our sin. 
and having that faith grow to, to something which is pure, which is beautiful, which is like gold. He said, even gold passes away, but your faith, the genuineness of your faith will remain forever. So that the tested genuineness, more precious than gold that perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Rejoicing in spite of trials. Rejoicing because it is for a short time. Rejoicing that God would would so work in us that our faith might be shown to be genuine, truly trusting in Him. Encouragement to rejoice in spite of trials. Encouragement to rejoice because of the work of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Remember, Peter had seen him. Peter had seen Jesus Christ. Peter had been restored by Jesus Christ. Restored to his work. The church had not seen Jesus. And yet Peter says, though you haven't seen him, you love him. You love him even in the midst of the trials. Showing your love to him at these times rather than turning your back and saying, God doesn't care about me. Jesus doesn't love me anymore. No, though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You believe that he is who he says he is. You believe that he will do what he says he will do. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Even in times of trial, we can be encouraged because of who Jesus is. Trials are not to our ruin. They are to draw us closer to God, to have us recognize even more our need for Him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. You rejoice because we have a sure confidence God will never let go of his own. God is still in control. Jesus Christ came and it might have looked as if things were out of control. Jesus Christ was tried unjustly. Jesus Christ was crucified a terrible death. It looked like things were out of control. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We can have joy even in times of trial because we know Jesus Christ We know who he is and we know what he has done. He has come to secure salvation for each and every one of his own. And that is the call to us tonight. To put our faith, our hope, our confidence in that Jesus Christ. Whether we're going through easy times or whether we're going through times of trial. Put our faith in him. And know that that he will continue to work in our hearts and lives by his Holy Spirit to strengthen that faith, being tested and tried as gold in a fire. But that we can have confidence, we can have assurance, we can have joy. Many times in Scripture, 
We are called to rejoice. We are called to have joy. I don't recall, and maybe some of you can do a better look of checking uh, this than I did. I don't recall many times in Scripture we're called to be happy. Happy is so transient. Happy is so surface. I'm happy about this and now I'm not happy anymore. No, we are called to joy. A deep assurance that God is who he says he is and God will continue to work in our lives. Joy, rejoicing, not something fleeting, not something emotional, but a joy that comes from within. A joy that rejoices in who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. He finishes, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Attaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And here we need to to see Peter referring to this concept of salvation as more than just something we will enjoy later in eternity. We will enjoy it later in eternity. We will be with God forever. But, But like we talked about in this morning's sermon, There is an ongoing appreciation of salvation in our lives as we work out the implications of our faith in Jesus Christ. And as we see the Holy Spirit working in us now, in that we can take joy obtaining the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls, knowing we belong to God. And we desire now to live for Him. We desire to walk in His ways. That is the outworking of our faith. And we see God continuing to to bring us to that joy. Not only something for the future, but something we enjoy right now, knowing He is at work in our life, even in the various trials. We have a God who, who wants us to see the fullness, the beauty, the joy of that ongoing salvation living and so god god strengthens us where we need strengthening strengthening he often does that through the trial as as part of this process of appreciating my salvation living out my salvation you know there are some places in my in my christian life where i say i'm very strong in the lord And there are some places that I say, I'm still so weak. And it's often in those weak points that God comes to challenge and to bring trial, not to my detriment, but that I might grow in my walk with him. God often comes to us where we are weak, where we need him the most to remind us that we do need him in every part of our life. We do need Him to have that consistent walk with Him day after day that we might see even now obtaining the outcome of our faith in this life. Obtaining the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls, that salvation living even now in our families, in our work situations, even in our recreation, whatever we do, 
is live before the face of God that we might bring glory and honor and praise to him. We might rejoice in all that God does in our lives. Peter comes to the church with a word of encouragement. Encouragement because of who God is, because he has called them to be his own. And that even though, even though they might go through times of trial, times of hardship, for a little while, when it's necessary, you've been grieved with various trials, but not to your hurt, but to your betterment that your tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one who has done everything to secure our salvation. Jesus Christ, the one in whom we find our life. And Jesus Christ, who by the power of his Holy Spirit continues to work in us, to conform us, more and more to the ways of God, to bring us to a greater trust in God, a greater devotion to Him, even in times of trial, rejoicing in what God does for us, His people. That's the word of hope. That's the word of comfort. That's the word of encouragement that Peter brings to us tonight. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you for your holy word. We thank you for all of that word. We thank you for your word when it brings us challenges, and we thank you for your word when it brings us comfort. Thank you for this word tonight. And Lord God, if there are those here who are going through particular difficulties, particular trials, particular times of challenge, may it be that they not turn away from you, but turn to you recognizing, Lord, our weakness and our frailty and our need, that you might continue to grow us for your honor and for your glory. You might help us to bring praise to you in every part of our lives because we can trust, we can rely on you, on your Son, and on your Holy Word. Lord God, bless us through this text. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.